Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. Uh, Happy New Year! It's good to be uh, it's good to be with everyone. So yeah, Brad, you're excited. I'm glad you're excited. We're back. I love it. You know, we uh, we traditionally take uh, the week after Christmas off, and so but uh, I've missed I missed gathering with you guys, and uh, hopefully you had a great time celebrating the New Year, friends and family, and uh, it's good to be back. And uh, and so, question for you as you get started. I'm sure if you haven't uh, seen a devotional or uh, maybe you maybe you have something that a guy you listen to or someone you listen to or maybe you check a reel. But uh, are you looking forward to what God might do in 2024? Uh, maybe you do have some resolutions, like some ambitious goals uh, ahead of you. Maybe you're needing a fresh start and uh, and you're looking forward to what that might look like. Or maybe you've already failed your goals, like you started your resolutions and it's it's January 7th and you've already you know what it's it's okay you can get back on the horse it's okay but. Uh, we are going to be in the book of Matthew from now until Easter, and which I'm really excited about. We're not going to go and do the whole book um, because that would take a little over a year, maybe a year and a half if we did uh, verse by verse like that. Uh, but instead, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to be looking at the five major sermons that are inside the book of Matthew. So the five major teachings of Jesus inside the book of Matthew, and we'll do that over uh, the next few, uh, few months. Uh, and they'll kind of feel like maybe mini-series uh, as well, because uh, there's five sermons, or they're called five discourses, uh, and it's really exciting. So why, why are we spending time to do that? Why learn from Jesus? Well, number one, Jesus is awesome, duh. I mean, like, come on, right? Like, he is the guy. He's the goat. He's the saving king. He's why we're here. He's why we're worshiping. Uh, and so and he's the one we follow. And so we talk a lot about, like, being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what he did. Uh, and so to do those things or to accomplish that goal, then it's to actually know what, what are the teachings of Jesus, uh, and so what, 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 what better thing to do? Uh, I had a professor in seminary who used to always say, like, Paul's great, love Paul, but, like, you can't get anything better. You can't get better than Jesus. And so the Gospels are one of the, the, the best things that we can do to, to, to look at that. Now, just a caveat if you're like, oh, no. Like, all of Scripture matters, just so you know. So don't, you know, don't send me a Connect card about that, please. Uh, but... Uh, uh, as you are doing this, we, we have a devotional uh, that you can listen to, that you can read, uh, and we have those little bookmarks for you as well. Uh, and I want to encourage you, like if you have gotten off or out of the rhythm of, of spending time reading the scriptures, they're only five days a week, so pretty uh, easy, and it's little chunks of Matthew. So if you've never read through a whole gospel, this is a great opportunity for you to really kind of hyper-focus on studying a book, like learning the ins and outs of the book. And three questions that I would ask in the middle of this as you're reading is, what is Jesus doing? So, so if you're reading a story, what is what's Jesus doing? Uh, who is he spending time with? And uh, what is Jesus teaching? 
So like, what is the application or the actual teachings of Jesus? And then, of course, you could say, how does that apply to my life? Or how, how could I do that as well? Uh, also, in this time, if you've never, uh, if you, I don't know, uh, this right here, like this Bible right here is not a study Bible. Uh, how many of you have a study? We don't have to show hands. This might be embarrassing. But you, if, you've, if you've ever had a study Bible before, uh, I would encourage you potentially to go through the whole book and read your notes on every verse that's in the study Bible. So if you need a recommendation, the ESV study Bible is a great study Bible. Uh, or there are like simple commentaries, which are like guys that write notes about the book of the Bible. Uh, and there's simple commentaries that I can recommend to you as well that could help you as you're reading through this, just to add just a little bit more understanding as well. So, which is exciting. So, uh, we are, again, we're going to be in Matthew for a little bit. So, if you don't know the five discourses, I'm just going to give you a little highlight of what those things are, which would be fun. The first one, can you guess what it is? Uh, close. It's a part of the, the first sermon, but, but it could, there could be a mi- minor hint on the screen. It's, it's just right, it's right there. It was, okay, well, now they're all on there. Come on, Soren. <laughs> uh, the first one is Sermon on the Mount, uh, which is in Matthew 5 through 7. And then you have where Jesus sends out his, his disciples, uh, and he also sends out the 70 as well. Then there's the parables of the kingdom section. There's a section on the church. Uh, and then uh, everyone's favorite time, the apocalypse, uh, which is, uh, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to call it the Olivet Discourse, because that's what it's traditionally called. Because uh, that, that's just what it's called. Uh, he's giving a discourse, the Mount of Olives, Olivet discourse about the end times. So could be a lot of fun. Don't you don't want to miss those those weeks leading up to Easter, uh, because you know everyone wants to talk about the end times. I mean, who doesn't, right? So uh, it's going to be a good time. So and probably only two weeks for that one though. So you know you got to just enjoy it. All right. So but this week we're starting with. The, the most famous uh, of, of those five, I would say, is the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew 5 through 7 is the Sermon on the Mount, uh, and it does open Luke with the Beatitudes. Uh, and the Beatitudes are a couple things. Number one, in Jesus' day, this would have been Jesus announcing the good news uh, to the people is what he's doing. This, this is a, a kingdom inauguration speech, if you will. And so you can open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5 is where we'll be. It's going to be on the screen as well. And Jesus is describing what his kingdom is going to, to be like, uh, but it looks different than one might expect it. And so Jesus' kingdom is uh, good news for a bunch of nobodies, if, if I'm really, if, to be completely honest. If you look, uh, we're not going to spend a ton of time here because we're actually going to jump to the next section in this. But if you look at the list of the people that are mentioned in the Beatitudes, who are blessed? It's the poor in spirit, those who mourn, those who meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are merciful. Go to the next one, Soren. Uh, the, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, uh, the, those that are persecuted. Like, it's not a list of, of, of people who are going to come in and conquer. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kingdom full of nobodies who genuinely become the people of God or the sons and daughters of Jesus. And so this is what he's establishing with Jesus. One of the things that, 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 that he is doing is what's one of the things that we need to look at when we're looking at the teachings of Jesus is, is that he is starting a kingdom. He's inviting people to be a part of it, but it's going to look different than, than the world around it. And so uh, another thing, too, is these first 11 verses are a great application to like your, your, Christian, your Christian life of, of the heart that we go into it and also what God is doing. And so if you want some attributes that you want to a, a, a achieve, like we want to be a pure in heart. We want to be 
peacemakers. We want to be persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Like these are things that are good and noteworthy as well. But uh, again, it's a little bit opposite of striving and achieving that we see as well. Now, uh, over Christmas break, uh, I had the pleasure and privilege of hanging out with my daughter Maisie a lot. Uh, my daughter is seven. Uh, and, you know, some, I've never desired for, for kids to go back to school so much, but at the same time, I had a really good time. Like, I get when parents are like, oh, it's time for kids to go back to school. But we had a really good time. And uh, my wife, Cassidy, um, she works retail, so she's kind of a little bit busier over the, the holiday break. And so we, her and I spent a ton. And so a few Saturdays ago, we had, again, the privilege to go to a great American establishment for breakfast called the Waffle House. Uh, now, how many people are in the room are Waffle House uh, lovers in the room? Any, any Waffle House lovers? There's one. That's good. How many of you, when you hear Waffle House, you're like, that's kind of gross. I can't believe you, someone would actually go there. More of you. Cool. So I grew up in the South, where is... Um, in many of many exits in the south, there'll be two Waffle Houses on the same exit on either side of the highway, just for your convenience. That's how that's how wonderful it is. Okay, um, and anyway, so we went and we had a great time. Uh, if you've never been into a Waffle House, there's one off 75th Street. It's real close, and uh, it's horrible service, but great food, and uh, like you expect. And uh, we're having a great time. But we, we went and sat. They have a little bar area where you can sit and these little spinny chairs. And you can watch them cook your food. And it's, it's wonderful, right? And so Maisie likes the waffle but really loves the spinny chair, which is great. But it reminded me of when I was growing up. Uh, because, again, I grew up, growing up in the South, like my grandparents, it was almost like a rite of passage to take you to the Waffle House and spend time with your grand, my granddad almost um, every weekend at a Waffle House. And uh, it reminded me of going to, to, to the Waffle House and how they always got my order wrong. Like for a good five-year period of time, they, got, they would get my hash browns wrong. And uh, I, I had the same order as a child for a long time, from about five until about 12, uh, bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich with a side of hash browns. I would get my hash browns scattered, smothered, and, 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 and uh, excuse me, scattered, covered, and chunked, which that's cheese and ham, which is the best. Now, the rest of my family would, would get theirs smothered, which does anyone know what smothered is in the Waffle House language? Not gravy. No, that's great. Scattered, smothered. What is that? That's uh, onions, everybody. Come on. Yeah, I know. I know, right? Scattered is they kind of spread it on the, the little flat top. Smothered is, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You would think it would be a gravy of type or a chili, but that's not it. Um, it's smothered, and they would, they would cook, they would, so little onions, right? They would throw onions into the hash browns. And uh, I, little Russell, didn't like onions in my hash browns. Like so much so, like, and I was an adult, I'm like, you can't even taste that. Like they literally dissolve in your mouth. What are you talking about? When Maisie's like, I don't like onions. It's like, they're in everything that we make. It's fine. You eat it. But, but, but I wasn't that way. I wanted them to take them back. And so they, I would make them take me back. And every time, every time I knew, I knew they were going to make a mistake. Like I would almost like have my, my like hand ready just to like evaluate the plate of hash browns to make sure that it didn't have any onions in it. But you know what? There was one faithful day that they got it right. I can remember the, the Waffle House that I was sitting at. I, I was, it, was, it, was, uh, it was Highway 78 in Killian Hill in Stone Mountain, Georgia. I can remember where I was sitting. I remember the booth I was sitting at because it had been so long since someone had actually gotten it right. They had fulfilled my order correctly, and I was amazed, and I was excited. 
And that's what Jesus does here, right? And you might be like, this is crazy. This is Jesus. <laughs> this is Jesus, okay? Just stay with me. He was the one who finally fulfilled the promises of God in the, in, 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 in the world. Like this, 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 this Waffle House chef who finally fulfilled my order without having onions in it. And, uh, and, and, and more specifically in this text, that Jesus came to fulfill law. He finally got it right. Abraham, onions. Moses, onions. David, onions. Ezekiel, onions. All of these, they all failed. And Jesus is the one that finally got it right. Matthew 5, verse 17 says this. He says, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For I truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. So Jesus came and he fulfilled the law. He completed the law. Uh, he explains this more after his resurrection on the stranger of the road to Ela- uh, on the road to Emmaus. How all of the prophets and the law pointed to him. See, originally the plan for the people of Israel was to be this chosen nation, to be this blessing to all nations, to port uh, to point the world back to the one true God Yahweh. And they, they failed to do it. They failed to. They messed up over and over and over again. They got the order wrong over and over and over again. Uh, and, and they try and they try and they try and they keep failing. If you go back just a few verses as well, Jesus kind of describes what the people of Israel were supposed to be in Matthew 13 through 15, 5, 13 through 15. And he also uh, describes what he's calling them to, what he's calling the church to. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So purpose of salt in our day is to provide seasoning. For them, it provided seasoning and flavor, but it also was uh, helped things from uh, rotting or going poorly as well. And so if salt lost its ability to do that, it is not helpful. Light uh, is something that shines into the darkness, that gives hope as well. And they were called to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth for what? So that people, other people would see that and then worship the one true God. But they failed. They failed and they failed over and over and over again. And here's the remarkable thing about Jesus is that he was the salt of the earth. He was the light of the world. He was set on a hilltop, crucified for all the world to see, becoming a beacon of hope and new life for everybody, drawing people to worship his Father, embodying the way of self-giving love, which is the deepest fulfillment of the law and the prophets. So Jesus came and he fulfilled the law. Now, what, what is the purpose of the law? Just a quick kind of look at this. When you first hear the word law, uh, I think about rules, I think about commandments, 
And for Jesus, this would have been Torah, or for us, the Pentateuch, the first five books of our Old Testament. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And inside of those, uh, we, know, we know 10 pretty well, right? We know, the, we know the 10 commandments, right? We've heard of those before. But there's actually 600 and, depending on who you ask, or how you count, there's between 613 or 611 uh, laws that are combined in that Torah. And Jesus came and he fulfilled those laws. He lived a perfect way. Now, in general, what's the purpose of the law? So three things today we could probably parse out a little bit more than that. But the the first thing is that the law points us to the way, is that the law points us to the way. It shows us the way of life, that Jesus was setting apart the people of Israel to be his people so that it would show us how to live the way that God intended it. And so, and when we fail to follow that, when we fail to follow the way, what happens, then we are condemned. And this is also what the law does. The, The law condemns is that, the, 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 that we are found guilty by breaking the law, breaking the commands of God, by sinning against God. And so uh, the scriptures talk about how all of us and at some point have, have broken the laws of God. We've done something to fall short of what God has called us to be as human beings that we've seen in the law as well. And then, but, but the other thing too is that the law is intended to, 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 to reflect God's glory or the glory of God. It's intended to be that when I live out the way that God has intended for me, it is to point others or to reflect others back to God. This is what we are called to do as well. Now, how did Christ fulfill the law? He, he lived the best life. Like, he actually lived and lived out the way. He was not condemned by his life because he lived the perfect life. And, and, and yet became condemned so that you and I could find life. What a powerful story that is. He also, he also showed others the best way to live and invited others the best way to live. And, and others saw the Father because of him. And so Jesus was the first obedient human, the, the faithful Israelite who fulfilled the law, yet bore the curse of humanity's punishment so that others could have life and the status uh, in relationship with God. And so in the way that he did this, that I think, is that he did this by abiding to to the Father. Uh, He did this by sticking close to the Father. If you you were studying the gospel of Matthew, and if you ever take time, uh, and or if you want to do this while you're reading Matthew, if you want more to read, more homework, uh, try reading the book of John, uh, the gospel of John, and I want you to notice how connected Jesus is to the Father in this passage. He talks about how he and the Father are one, that he does nothing out of step with the Father because he's so connected to the Father, that he does only what the Father tells him to do. He is abiding, he is remaining. So this is, for us to abide is to dwell, to remain, to be present, to, 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 to be held and kept. And uh, Jesus even gives the example of, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Uh, you, you, you have to stay connected uh, to stay alive. If a branch gets cut off from the vine, that, that, that branch does not live very long. It just doesn't do that unless you're doing the thing that my wife does with all of the house plants that I have at my house where she cuts off the plant. What is it called? When you cut off the little thing for your, your things and then puts it in... in yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and we get we now we have tons of we have tons of house plants. If you like some, let me know. I'd like to to sell some to you. <laughs> There's plenty of them. Great, we really strong ones. Okay, but but if they get cut off, they they they, they, they no longer live unless they have another source of life. Uh, do you guys see the 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 Alaska Airlines plane uh, news story this week? How isn't that crazy? That's terrifying. Uh, if you're already scared of flying, I'm sorry, uh, but apparently. Uh, a window, uh, like basically blew out uh, while they were uh, just taking off. I think they were at sixteen or eighteen thousand feet, and uh, you know. So when that happens, the, they depressurize the cabin, so all the the, the air masks come down, and you got to put your mask on. Make sure you do it for yourself first, sir, before you put it on your baby. You know the whole the whole scenario, right? Uh, and uh, miraculously, no one died. Uh, someone lost a shirt, like a kid lost a shirt. That's weird. I don't know how he lost his shirt, but apparently the, it's like, what was the kid doing with his shirt, right? Like, or like, anyway, we don't have to get into that. Uh, uh, and then uh, pe- people lost cell phones because they were probably like trying to pull their cell phone out to like video what's going on. And several cell phones were lost. But uh, everyone else is fine, which is great. But you know how um, in that scenario, if you, if you just decided in that moment, hey, I'm going to refuse to put my air mask on. That would, not be, that would not go well for you, right? I'm going to refuse to, to, to put my, my face mask on, and I'm going to refuse the oxygen here. That would not go, that would not go well for, for you at all because you wouldn't have breath. And so Jesus, uh, for, for Jesus is abiding in the Father. He's getting his life, his breath from the Father. And for us as followers of Jesus, we are called to do the same thing, that we need his breath to breathe in us, and, and we need to stay connected to him, either via vine or connected to the, the life and the breath that he gives us as well. Because if we don't have breath, we don't have life. And so Jesus embodies this. He lives out this. He is the, the perfect fulfillment of the law abiding in Christ. And he's called us to do the same thing as well. Like he invites his followers in this Sermon on the Mount to, to participate with him in this abiding lifestyle as well. He continues on in verse 19 where he says this. He says, therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teachers and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And so he's saying, hey, we're not getting rid of these things. We're, we're, We're fulfilling these things. And actually, your righteousness needs to go past the, the, the most holy people in your society. So at that day, um, uh, for first century, Israel is, uh, exists. They have kind of a puppet king, Herod. We talked about him over Christmas Eve a little bit, uh, who kind of uh, just oversees the region for the Roman Empire. And uh, they're all waiting for the Messiah to come. There's different revolutions that happens that are, they're trying to overthrow the government. The, the most famous one is called the Maccabean Revolution that happens uh, a little over 100 years before Jesus. And, uh, but they're all waiting. They're all waiting because they're, they're waiting for, they're believing the promises of God that he's going to do this. And uh, the holy people, the scribes and the Pharisees during the day, they thought that if they could have one day in Israel that just no one sent, that the Messiah would finally come. All right, everyone, today's the day. January 7th, no one screw up, all right? 
No one do it. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do this thing, and the Messiah is going to come. We got this. And they, 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 would, they would be pushing for that. So they would try to, uh, they were almost meticulous in the way that they practiced the law, and, and so much so that they were legalistic in the way they practiced the law. But they were intending to be holy, and, and honestly, for the heart's sake, for the Messiah to come so that they could reestablish the kingdom of Israel. Now, Jesus comes in, and he says, hey, I need your righteousness to exceed that. And what they were focusing on is, is the letter of the law or the physical actions of the law. And we're, we don't have time to teach these today, but uh, if you have time later this week to go and look at the, there's six little mini sections after this section in, uh, in your Bibles, uh, in Matthew 5, and uh, Jesus will start them out like this. He'll say, you've heard it say... And then he'll say whatever it is, and he says, but I say, and he's, he's, he's changing slightly the motivation for the law. What he's doing is, is he's not just looking at the actions, like he's talking about murder, like you've heard it said, do not murder, but I say, if you even have hate in your heart towards somebody, then that's the same thing like you've murdered them in your heart. And so Jesus is making it way harder for your righteousness to, like, to exceed. He's, he's going all the way to your motives and all the way to your thoughts and all the way to your heart. He's cutting the core, uh, cutting to the core of human beings going beyond their actions. And he says, but in my kingdom, there's this holiness that's going to exceed that as well. Now, how on earth do we do that? You know, uh, going in, it's 2024. We're feeling good. We're going to pursue our relationship with Christ. We're going to make some big changes. And you go... My righteousness has to exceed that. My heart, even my heart has to change. And, uh, and the only way that we can do that, the only way that we can do that is, 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 is with a connection and abiding in Jesus. Is within connection and, and abiding with Jesus. First is, is we have to have this belief in Christ that he is who he says he is, that Jesus is the Messiah, that he really is this saving king. And that when we do put our trust in him, that he has given us uh, his spirit to dwell inside of us that does connect us, that helps us abide in him. And, uh, and actually, this is prophesied over in uh, Ezekiel 36. It should be on the screen. Ezekiel is talking about this. And he says, uh, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness. And from all of your idols, I will cleanse you. And listen to this. He says, and I will give you a new heart and a, and a new spirit, and I will put within you. And I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And this is one of the amazing things about Jesus is that, that he calls us to live this new life. And that when we put our faith in Jesus, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit and he gives us this new heart. Uh, the, the difference between a heart of stone and a heart of flesh, right? There's no feeling. There's no care. There, there, there's actually like reality with the, the, the heart of flesh. Uh, and, and, and then that, that, that God gives you this desire to do what he calls you to do. Uh, some of that is, comes through conviction. Some of that comes through reminding. Some of this comes through uh, just a desire that the Spirit puts inside of us. And so... We want to live connected, and as I think about 2024, just want to, I just want to encourage you today, honestly. Like, the, the goal is to encourage you. It's not to go, you know what, your righteousness doesn't exceed the scribes and the Pharisees. Get out. That's not the point. Today, the point of it is to actually encourage you to go, 2024, let's abide in Christ through the Holy Spirit, connected to the Father in community with one another. 
Like, let's do that together this year. Like, let's, let's make that a big dream of ours, that this year would be a year where we remain in Christ, that we can say that, that I'm a branch that has stayed connected to the vine and that I want to bear great fruit this year because of what the vine is doing through me, abiding in Christ through the Holy Spirit, connected to, to the Father, in community with one another. We have to be like him, connected to him. And uh, so we're going to take a few moments and do a little inter, inter, uh, introspection as well. Uh, just, just, just real quick question is, like right now, Am I abiding in Christ? As you think about your life, like, am I living connected to Christ? Am I abiding? Is that something that you say, like, in my normal rhythms, in my normal uh, lives, with big decisions, with little decisions, am I abiding? Am I trusting right now? If yes, that's cool. They might not be with all of them. Uh, if not, I have a little message for you. If you're not abiding right now, then I would, I would like to say that Shia LaBeouf has one thing that he wants to tell you to do right now, which is this. Which is this. It's almost there, I promise. That's what he says. <laughs> if, you're not, uh, if you're not abiding, just do it. <laughs> You might be like, I don't know what that means. Uh, but but st- st- learn to stay connected uh, to the Father. Learn to take some steps. Now, some of it's very simple. Like these, these devotions are a way, those little cards that we give you, those are, those are a way, a step of, of abiding. Um, I was talking to someone else. Just as you make a decision and you just think, what do I want to do here? Include the thought, adding the thought of, Lord, what do you want me to do here? Adding a prayer moment into that as well. Uh, if you think about raising your kids, like maybe you're, you, you want to do something leading your family, um, you know, the idea of doing a family devotional every night might seem daunting. Maybe just one night a week you do a family devotional where you just pray together as a family and you take the storybook, Jesus storybook Bible, and you read a story together and you talk about it. Those are really simple ways for you to abide as an individual, as a family. Uh, maybe you don't know what it looks like to follow Jesus, uh, like more intentionally. You need someone to show you more what it looks like to practice and follow Jesus and to abide. Discipleship groups are good. We're going to do a new round of those in the next uh, month or so. And so those are great. Those are, that's a great space for you to learn how to study, how to learn, how to pray, how to do these different things as well, or, or be in a community group. Uh, but, but do it. Like, do it. Like, this is, this is life right here. This is life right here. Don't be the guy on the plane that doesn't put their face mask on or their, 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 their breathing mask on. Like you, you, should, you should do it. And then, then uh, another just very simple prayer prompt as well is, but how is God asking you to abide in Christ this year? How is God asking you to abide in Christ this year? There's always places for us to grow. And if you ever get to a point where you're like, I can't grow anymore, then we should have a conversation because there's always growth. Uh, uh, so uh, there's a an old youth pastor that used to say this: uh, when you stop when you stop growing, you start dying. Essentially, is what what, what he says. When you start growing, you start dying. And uh, we can't we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. We want to stay connected as well. So I'm going to invite the band to come back up. But as you think about this year, is is uh, maybe you know maybe you're on it and you already have your spiritual goals for 2024 and you're ready to rock and roll. And I would just encourage you as you 
think about 2024, natural reset, natural, here we go, we have this thing. Um, consider, consider how Christ might want you to abide this year. Let me pray for us. So Lord Jesus, I pray that you would move uh, among us today, God. I pray that, uh, that today, God, that you would just connect us to you, that you have through your Holy Spirit. And I would ask, too, that as we ask this question of God, that you want us to abide, that you would lead us, right? Even right now. It could be time with you. It could be prayer. It could be reading a spiritual book with our, with our, our spouse. It could be starting a family devotional. It could be... Uh, how we go to bed, changing our bedtime routine that connects us closer to you as we fall asleep thinking about you, Lord. But God, we don't, we're, we're not alive unless we're connected to you. And God, we love you and, and praise you for the fact that you have brought us back and you have made us alive. And so we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission State Church podcast. Mission State Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Merriam Community Center off Slater Street between Johnson Drive and Shawnee Mission Parkway. We also have five community groups that meet throughout the KC Metro. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or send me an email at jake at missioncitykc.com.